listening to The Terrific Teacherpreneur, a podcast for teachers looking to grow a successful online business. Your host, Alex, was able to transform her Teachers Pay Teachers store from a small side hustle into a profitable full-time business. She now helps other teachers do the same. Listen along for actionable tips and helpful wisdom about business and marketing as a teacherpreneur. Here's your host, Alex. Hello and welcome to The Terrific Teacherpreneur. I'm your host, Alex, and today we're going to be talking about product creation. I'd actually like to do that in some upcoming future episodes, really get back into talking about the thing that really makes us the most money, and that is the products that we create for our TPT stores. So in this episode, I really want to go right back to the beginning before you start buying clip art, before you even open up your PowerPoint document, to when you are thinking about which product you should make. So this is very much step one in the product creation journey. You really are thinking about what you want to make. Now, in this episode, you will get a few ideas. I think it will help you think of product ideas, but it would be also really helpful for any of you listening who are the type of person that has like a big long list of product ideas, like you have too many ideas and not enough time to do them. And you might be thinking, how do I decide which of these products is the best one for me to make in general or right now? So I have four main tips and I really want to get started. So number one is a little bit broad. Number one is you need to narrow down your ideas and pick the best ones or start with the best ones. When I say pick the best ones, I mean like pick which one you're going to do or start as in maybe you're going to try to organize your ideas and kind of work through them in a certain order and you want to know which ones to start with. So I basically have a couple of questions that you should be asking yourself when you're trying to sort of narrow down those ideas. So this is for the people that already have a bunch of ideas and they're just trying to kind of think about which ones they should be doing. But these questions are also just good in general, even if you're trying to formulate product ideas. So here are some things you might want to ask yourself. Number one, which one of these ideas do my students need right now? So if you are full-time in the classroom, this is obviously relevant to you and you'd be thinking about what upcoming topics you're going to be teaching, what time of the year it is, and use your own classroom experience. And if you used to be in the classroom, you can always reflect back and look, well, it's back to school season now. What kind of stuff would a teacher need at this time of year? So you can always sort of be more theoretical. But thinking about what students need is always a really great question to ask yourself if you are in the classroom. Now, the next one is, which idea are you excited about creating? Now, this one's not going to necessarily be the most profitable thing, but it's more that I do think running a business should be fun at the end of the day. And if you're sitting there making a product that's monotonous and makes you miserable, then you're not really going to enjoy your business. So sometimes it's nice to every now and then throw that in there. What what product do I actually kind of feel like making? What lights me up? Which one am I excited to go and grab the clip art for and get started on? So it's okay to ask yourself that every now and then. If you're really excited about it, I do think that there's possibility that the product will turn out that much better because you've kind of put all that passion and joy into it. The next question you could ask yourself is, this is more of a businessy profitable one, (laughs) which idea, which product idea that I have has the most potential revenue wise? So this is where you might kind of look at your two ideas and one's kind of a small product, one's like a bigger, juicier one, or one's a bit more of a fluffy, cute product and the other one's a bit more valuable for teachers, or one looks like, well, I can only sort of charge a dollar for that. This one's like a big one that I would be able to charge a lot more money. So you can kind of, you'll narrow down your product ideas a little bit based on which one you think might actually bring you more money. And I don't think that's like a bad thing. At the end of the day, we are running a business. So sometimes it's good to think smart like that. 
And you could also be at this point considering which of these product ideas has the best potential in terms of revenue because of its future potential. Like, is this something that I can eventually turn into a product line? Is this something that I'll be able to eventually bundle? That's often a good question to ask yourself. And I've an example of my own would be that I had a best-selling product and I knew that there was this other product in the, in my store. It wasn't quite as best-selling, but they were basically like twin products. And I just never quite got around to bundling them together. I couldn't be bothered. I found the idea of it kind of boring, but I knew deep down it was like a profitable thing to do. It was like, they would be perfect for each other. Let's just throw that bundle together. So sometimes you have got to kind of think about what is more of a profitable thing than what's a fun thing. Thinking about which product has the better potential revenue-wise is definitely a smart decision. The next question you might ask yourself is, which product have you been putting off that really needs to be done? And now this, I know this contradicts the question earlier where you're, you're picking the fun one, but sometimes you might, like I talked about a second ago, you might have something that is really going to be revenue generating. Like you know that it's based on one of your best sellers or it's a product line that's doing really, really well and it's so close to being finished. And you just kind of need to like knuckle down and get that last one done because you know it's going to end up being able to be bundled afterwards and there's just all this potential. Um, or sometimes you just have like a part one and a part two or a unit one and a unit two and there's just been something you've been putting off. If you're in that position, sometimes it's really good to kind of force yourself into doing the one that needs to be done um, instead of the one that, you know, you just kind of fancy doing. I mean, it's tough. Like I'm saying, you can ask yourself these questions. Which one's more fun? Which one needs to be done? And like, how do you decide which question to ask yourself and which one to make? But depends on your mood that day. If you are not feeling inspired product creation wise, then of course, you're going to go for the one that maybe is a bit more fun just to get your juices flowing again. But if you've been putting off a product for months and months and months, you might need to be more, a bit more harsh with yourself and say, hey, this one needs to be done. I'm going to prioritize this first. <laughs> Now, lastly, the last question you might ask yourself for this part is, which of these product ideas truly aligns with my niche? Because sometimes, and I've been guilty of this, it can be tempting to get a bit distracted by the idea of a product, but it doesn't really align with what you're doing in your business right now. It might be a different subject area or a gray level or product type. And it's not really something that's really in your niche, but you just kind of want to make it but honestly, making products within your niche is usually the smart thing to do. So something to consider and to be brutally honest with yourself about and really ask yourself. Now, so that number one, that tip number one was to narrow down your ideas, picking the best ones to start with or picking the best ones in general by asking yourself those five questions. Now, I know that's a lot of different questions, a little bit of a mess, but I just kind of wanted to pile them all into this number one. <laughs> and I promise that the next three tips are a lot more specific and um, make a lot more sense. Now, number two. Number one was really, you know, about asking yourself questions to narrow things down. But number two is a little bit more about narrowing your ideas based on the marketplace. And it's also a little bit about helping you pick the ideas that are the right ones to do. This is really good if you're trying to think of ideas. So number two is consider what others are doing. I would say that it would be foolish to pretend that you are the only seller on TPT and that you exist in some kind of vacuum. The fact is that we are technically in competition with thousands and thousands of other sellers, especially in your niche. And it is important you have a little bit of awareness about what other sellers are doing. And what I mean by that is it's important to ensure that your product idea you're thinking about making 
is somewhat original or unique, if it can be, it has a much better chance of success or at least not completely overdone. So this would be maybe where you check the market a little bit. Maybe that's just looking on TPT, on Pinterest, on Google, just to see if the idea that you have is overly saturated. Now, I want to add a caveat here and and clarify. You can make products that have been done before. In fact, it's pretty impossible to make truly, truly original products for everything you do. So I want to clarify that. You, You are totally allowed to make math centers. Everybody else has made them already. It doesn't matter. You're allowed to make them. But there are some ideas that are done to death. And unfortunately, like there is just, there's a bit of a limit here. You know, most things have been done before. Some things have only been done sometimes, a few times. Some things have been done thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And those ones have been done to death that are incredibly oversaturated and competitive. It's hard because your product will be lost in a sea of not just hundreds, but possibly thousands or tens of thousands of similar resources. And it's almost like not really setting your resource up for success because it's kind of starting off with a bit of a handicap. It's in competition, in some serious competition. So this question is good to ask yourself if you have two ideas you're trying to pick, you do a little bit of research and then you can see that one idea has been done to death and the other one, hey, it looks like only a few people have done things similar to this. This looks a bit more original. It might guide you more towards making that original product. And I'm just speaking from experience here because I've been that person that's made those really generic products and then I've done my SEO tweaks and there's nothing I can do. I'm just finding myself on like page 15 because it's just, you know, there's so many sellers out there and there's so many people doing that idea And I kind of just sometimes regret that I didn't look beforehand and maybe think of a way to make a product that was just a tad more unique if I could. So something to think about. Don't feel like for every product you make, you have to research beforehand. And don't feel like just because someone has already done it, that now you've got to throw that idea in the bin. Like that is not true. Like I said, we are all going to make things have technically been done before in some way. But it's just about finding that limit. You know, going onto TPT, checking that search results number, is there a few thousand results or is there a few hundred thousand results? You know, just being a bit kind of honest with yourself there. But I want to add one more thing before I wrap up this point. You do not want to use this whole researching opportunity as a way to copy or steal ideas from other people. That is not what I'm suggesting. I'm just suggesting having that little bit of awareness. It could be as simple as typing in a keyword, key phrase or product idea into TPT search and just looking at that number of how many search results there are. Oh, there's 500 results, 5,000, 50,000, 500,000, which one is it? And you kind of have a bit of a heart attack if you realize it's a bit overdone. You don't actually need to sit and scroll through search and look at other people's products. In fact, that's probably not a great idea in terms of being subconsciously inspired or copying other people. So you really don't have to look at what other people are doing. You just need to kind of get an idea of overall what's happening in the marketplace. That would be my suggestion. But whatever you do, definitely do not be going around copying others. So number two was just to have that consideration of what other people are doing. Now, number three, ensure that your idea is valid. And this is something that's really popular in the course creation community. If you're someone that's thinking about making a course one day, it's very, very important with something that's big like a course, because that's going to take hours of time to make, you know, possibly months and months, is you don't want to make a course and then find it afterwards it didn't sell because you didn't check the validity of your idea. You didn't check that people actually need it or want it. That's very heartbreaking for some people. It's good to check that your idea is a good idea before you make something. 
So for number three, ensuring your idea is valid. If you have an audience, if you're a somewhat established seller on social media or an email list, whatever, you could ask your audience what they need or whether they need this particular resource idea. Do they need it right now? Do they need it in general? You can get feedback from what other people are saying. And if you don't have an audience, that's okay. You can do your own sort of research into whether buyers need this resource in general or specifically right now. And Facebook groups with lots of teachers in are kind of good ideas for this. You Sometimes you'll see posts in there that will tell you exactly what time of year it is and exactly what people are teaching based on the questions they ask. So you can kind of see whether that's something people actually need. Don't be shy about double checking that people want what you have because it's sometimes you can get really caught up in your own head thinking, oh, I'd love to make this idea. How fun would this be? And you make a product and it's something that nobody really wants. Nobody was really asking for, nobody really needs. And that product is not going to sell very well. So a valid idea is always a great way to go. Now we're up to number four. Number four is to use your data when it comes to selecting product ideas. Now this is great for both people looking for product ideas in general because your data can kind of help you decide what to make if you're low on ideas. But your data can also be really powerful if you're that person with the big long list of ideas and you need to choose which one to make or which one to make now. So there are a few different things you can look at on TPT, everything from your product statistics to your sales report to your dashboard that provides information that can be really helpful for product creation. And I don't think people really use this enough, so I thought I would talk about it. First up on this part is check your product statistics to see what sells well when you're choosing an idea. So you can look at your store in general, look at the big picture, look at grade levels, subject areas, product types, themes, topics, and kind of be honest to yourself as a whole, based on what you already have, what kind of products are bringing you revenue and which ones are your worst sellers? We know that the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle often applies to everything in life and specifically your business. 80% of your revenue is probably coming from 20% of your products and vice versa. So having a look at those 20% of your products, those best sellers that bring 80% of your revenue, well, well, what kind of products have we got there? What grade levels? What subject areas? What product types? What themes? What topics? What is actually selling well? Because that can help you think about what else to make. I know that looking at my data has sometimes given me new product ideas, but it's also been eye-opening for me to see, whoa, I can see that certain things in my store just don't sell well overall. Like, and I'm going to stop making that type of thing. I'm going to stop making that type of product if it doesn't sell very well for me. Like, You might look at your staff and be like, okay, digital just doesn't sell well for me. I'm going to stop doing that now. Or you might have a mixture of science resources and math resources. And you can see the science resources are just not doing well. So you're like, well, I'm just going to start focusing on math. So having a look at the big picture can give you some really interesting insight into what types of products you should be making. There's nothing worse than just blindly making products, kind of hoping that they'll sell when really there's a lot of data already there telling you what teachers and buyers are wanting and needing from you and what types of strengths you have. What are your kind of areas? What is your niche? And this can actually help you niche down a lot by looking at what is selling well for you. So that one is really good to tell you like new product ideas. But if you've already settled on an idea and you just kind of want to check that it's a good idea, you can look at your product statistics to see whether your previous products that are similar to your new product have done well. 
So you can say, I've got this idea for a new science resource on this topic. And you go and look at your other science resources on that topic and see were they a bit of a flop? Are they your best sellers? Because that can tell you, yeah, no, this product idea is definitely a good idea. People like this kind of stuff. I should make more of this. So that's always a good thing to do. Now, next up, in terms of getting that validation that something's a good idea and you should make more of it, go ahead and pop into your sales report. I don't think many sellers do this very often. I know that I need to do it more. But your sales report's really good because it has the buyer and it has the little brackets with the number in it that says whether they've bought one resource or five resources. And you can click on it and see which resources a buyer has bought from you. And I like to do this sometimes because it tells me what repeat buyers are buying, what they bought in one go, you know, or what they've come back months later and bought from me. And I can often see them coming back and buying product lines, buying similar resources in terms of product type, or they come back for something that's the same subject area. So this is really, really valid data to look at. So you can look at what repeat customers are buying and consider making similar products that are in that grade level or in that subject area or in that product type, theme or topic. You could use that information to go, whoa, I need to expand on this product line. Or hey, maybe I should make a bundle for that set of resources because people seem to really like these two products. They're always buying them together. I could bundle them. So use your sales report to help you decide on what products to make or which ideas would be better because your customers are kind of telling you what they are buying, what they're buying lots of, and that can be really insightful. Now, the last one is you can look at your dashboard. And the reason I recommend hopping over to this is this is good for big picture stuff when you want to look at sort of seasons and months and years. So you could look at certain months over the years to see what sells well at certain times of year. You know, you can look at the back to school season or a month like November and you can say, well, what types of products sold well last November or last back to school season? And you can kind of compare. And this will help you decide whether you should make seasonal resources or products that are based on certain topics, you know, based on what teachers are teaching right now. They're teaching place value right now. That's really popular this time of year along most curriculums and in most districts and schools then you can be thinking, well, I guess place value is the right thing for me to be making right now. I'll leave my fractions resource until February because I know that fractions aren't really taught till then. So this is a good thing to think about when you're looking at like math topics or seasonal resources, looking at what people need right now to help you narrow down your ideas and organize them. That way, when you've got this big long list of product ideas, you can move them around a little bit and reorder them and think, hey, this one's a great idea, but I'm going to do it later on in the year because people don't need this right now. So that's always really good to know. So in summary, those four points were one, narrow down your ideas and pick the best ones or start with the best ones by answering those five questions about what students are needing, what you're excited about, what has potential for revenue, what you've been putting off, you know, what aligns with your niche, those kind of, I know it's a big mixed bag of questions, but those are things you can ask yourself to start off with. Number two, consider what others are doing, remembering that you are in a marketplace and you don't want to do something that's been done to death. Number three, just check the validity of your idea. Make sure this is something your audience actually wants and needs from you. And this, I'll just add in a quick thing here that I've definitely noticed a bit of a trend in my store. Those really fluffy, cutesy products that teachers might want you know, for Valentine's Day or whatever, they do okay. But those important core curriculum kind of products that teachers really need in order to teach like writing or a subject like that, 
those sell a lot better. So thinking, ask yourself, do teachers want this or do they need it? That is a really good question to ask yourself and it might help you narrow down some ideas there. And number four, use your data, whether that's your product statistics, sales report or dashboard. All of your data can be really, really insightful in telling you what has sold in the past for you and that can help you predict what might sell in the future and therefore what products you could make or what would be the best products to make. The goal really is to select the product idea that has the most potential to be profitable for you. At the end of the day, we're running a business as well as being useful to your buyers. That's something to think about. I really hope this episode has helped, given you some food for thought. If you've been short on product ideas, maybe it has given you some things to think about like, hey, I've been really low on product ideas lately, feeling really uninspired. Maybe I can start doing some of the suggestions from this episode and I could do a little bit of validity checking by asking my audience. I could check my data. That might give me some new ideas. I'm hoping that inspires you. And if you already have a big long list of ideas, I'm hoping all the information in this episode helps you narrow down that list, pick something from that list or reorganize that list based on what I shared. I really, really hope that it helps. Now, I shared a lot of information this episode. A lot of questions were asked. There was a lot of suggestions. Even if you took notes, you might be feeling like there was a lot of stuff and you didn't necessarily catch it all and you don't want to miss any of it. So I thought the most helpful thing would be for me to write it down for you so that you have like a checklist of sorts, a way to kind of reference everything I mentioned and kind of look at it, like literally on paper or on your screen, everything I talked about. So I have created just a quick document where I put down all of this information in just like a little kind of checklist of questions. It's got all the stuff I mentioned. So if you would find that helpful, I will put a link in the show notes. Definitely grab that so that you can look at your product ideas or think of new ideas based on all the stuff that I talked about today. I really, really hope that helps. So definitely grab that. I hope that you have a terrific day and good luck with your product idea selection. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Terrific Teacherpreneur. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Come back for more actionable tips and helpful wisdom in the next episode with your host, Alex. Until then.